0: boo hello it's the star of the spooks it's October again friends and by by again I mean it's another it's e- it's another again. episode in October and we're back here. Yeah for a quick rundown of ten films that we think you should check out this spooky season.
1: Ten films I spook about you. Sure.
0: These are Halloween classics. We're saying it right out here now. Now, and here, and now. Here, and now. Ten films that you should throw on if you want to get spooked or just enjoy the Halloween spirit this year. Stephen? Do you want to kick us off?
1: Yeah. So we're going to do this in in two parts. We're going to do one uh, a public for the hoi polloi mm. for you know for, for for the for the for the every person and we're going to give five films each and then our patrons get the bonus five. Mm. So my so, list is in two parts interesting. and I want your help Okay. On which one do I go? at. So one half of mine is your Snooty Snooty Horrors oh, of you know yeah, yeah. to 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 put on at uh, uh halloween party to show that like yeah i'm interested yeah i'm, I'm interested in film with and a little bit arty F. Yeah. um okay and and my other half is trash <laughs> fun, fun fun films to put on at a party that you're like these are either just like fun to have in the background mm-hmm. or you have a good time with your friends. your yeah. and all of these films are very underseen Ooh, interesting. very underseen okay cool um so my most seen one is 86 1,000 members having watched it on Letterboxd. Yep. I think that's by far my most seen mm. one. Um, I have 38. It's
0: 38 people.
1: Seven, 78. This is all 1,000. Mm-hmm. 58. Okay, so some um, some under- gems yeah. Here. All, 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 all around that level. Well, I well, think pick a couple from
0: column A, pick a couple from column B. I think most of mine are column B in terms of... I think I've picked a lot of fun films. So I'll be throwing five um, out here and five out... Uh, On the Patreon as well for our Patreon. I think
1: I'm going to give the snooties. I think I'm going to give the snooties to the world. I'm going to save the fun for Ah, the. Okay, cool. Okay, well, I can counteract that with
0: some of my weird picks. Then again, one of mine is a little snooty. So, so what you what you got for your first one?
1: So my snooty films are all um, 20th century, um, and four of them are black and white. Hey, snooty, Um, snooty boy. And um, two of them are foreign language. Hey, snooty. so we're going to start with mm-hmm. a film from 1922. Oh, uh, Nosferatu? No, we're going to start with Haxen. Ah, the other one. <laughs> Haxen, one of the earliest horror movies, like a fake documentary yeah, about, witches. about witches and witchcraft. I want to say it's Swedish. Um, yes, it is Swedish. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really utterly beautiful um, trip through several vignettes visually just so arresting and is testament to the ability of silent film to just like speak in images because you know that that is how that it speaks though so, of mm-hmm. course silent film was never actually silent we have a wonderful back um wonderful scores in the background etc etc um it's i don't know for me horror is a a genre of of imagery yeah uh, very imagery focused and this is that from the beginning it is like roy anderson style i guess yeah, I like it's that, yeah. like vi- 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 vignetti kind of like just like living in in the moments and the moments are so well curated it's a fascinating throwback to what's happening at the time and um, i think the documentary kind of aesthetic gives it this like verite edge that adds to the, the spookiness of it mm. and it's a great film to just watch and it would be a great film to just like have on yes, in the background of, uh, projected if you had a party going around spooky images you would see cool stuff it feels like an unearthed document yeah it feels like its own like in canon thing I was tempted to put some of the, like Blair Witch Project on the list because I do really like mm. that movie but it needs it but this again has that kind of feel of being like is this real yeah is this yeah, witchcraft yeah. is this evil it's good cool. Well, Haxon cool or Haxon I don't know jump
0: off of that one, and go for something in a sort of similar vein. This is called Spark of Being from 2010, directed by Bill Morrison. Ooh. For those who d- oh, I remember you watching. Yeah, this. for those who don't know, Bill Morrison is probably one of my favourite working directors. He takes old. Archival footage, old eight millimeter, sixteen millimeter work prints of lost and rare and forgotten films, and he re- mm. recuts them and recontextualizes them and gives them new life. And spark of being, he puts this practice towards crafting a narrative. I'm sure most will be familiar with in the horror setting, and that is Mary Shelley's gothic novel Frankenstein. So it's one this, of the progenitors of horror. Yes. It is 68 minutes long and tells the story of Frankenstein Frankenstein monster using a range of like warped and burnt out footage that I doubt you'll see anywhere else and it's really sort of chilling and mysterious and also like if you know the text you can sort of like you can trace it beat by beat and if you've if you're unfamiliar with the the frankenstein story in this day and age uh, which would be a shock it's a really interesting way to experience it and if we're talking about underseen horror i think this has less than 200 yeah. views on letterboxd i think it's available on vimeo uh, it's a really interesting watch very very cool it's uh, so that spark of being from 2010
1: awesome i'm gonna pair that one quite nicely Ooh, i'm gonna marry it up segue. with james wales the bride of frankenstein yes um surprisingly underseen this is the the probably this i think this counts as a universal monster movie uh-huh. um I it's I'm gonna say it is the best one mm. i think it is is quite handy the best one um it is a film of just like Boundless filmic creativity. I, it reminds me of what I love about a lot of early film, where you're just like, "How did you even do this? Because you don't have computers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't have like even that. a lot of like the in-camera like f- effects that you can do yeah. with like some of like the the mechanics and like robotics we can do to make stuff. There are scenes like people in jars in this film that is just utterly spellbinding. Mm. It's it's such a it's it's a nice expansion on the first film. It like includes more of the themes of the novel, um, but doesn't like directly like. Echo the story of it. It takes it in some wonderful places, though it does harken back to the the bride bit from the novel, which is a novel that I like but don't love. Mm-hmm. I like I love its impact, but I've never been like hugely enamoured with sure. it. But the story is obviously is timeless. Um, it's I, this is just. This is what what brilliant film is. Go back, watch I, the Bride of Frankenstein. I will be
0: rewatching this. I rewatched uh, Thirty One Frankenstein a couple of weeks ago to get into the awesome. Halloween spirit, and I realized I have not seen Bride in many many years, so I will be going back and
1: checking that one out again. It's just such a such a beautiful film. Mm. Um, the costuming is wonderful, and again, it's like this this like okay, I'm going to call it early film because obviously, film going for a while, but this is still the 30s. Mm-hmm. Um, that just the striking cinematography still very influenced by still photography. Yep. Um, still, still, of just just such a command of the visual field and such a command of lighting and how how to make an image come out well because an image needed to come out well. We're still like taking advantage of the full expertise there. The kind of like impressionism of, of the set design is is still mm. there in full force. Um it is the best of its little subgenre, an absolute classic, and one of the one of the better or greatest horror movies. It is an absolutely stunning uh, film. So, The Bride of Frankenstein. Watch awesome. it if you haven't. Uh, can
0: I jump off of Bride of Frankenstein into something neat and segue like? No, not really. So, I am traveling. To the other side of the world. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Oh. This is not a Stacks podcast until Jack mentions something from Hong Kong. So we are talking about oh. Human Lanterns from 1982. Now, we all know lanterns aren't made from human skin. What this film presupposes oh, I didn't is... Know that. What if they were? <laughs> Interesting. Human Lanterns is a mix of wuxia and Jalo. Stunning production design, as usual, from the Shaw Brothers... Uh, as this sinister, ghoulish, skeleton man, with a mysterious past and ties to his victims, hatches this devious plan to pit two rival kung fu masters against each other. It's shot on those gorgeous and grandiose Shaw Brothers sets during the heyday of their factory-line-style like cinematic operation. Loads of gels on the lights, loads of filters on the lenses, it's all beautifully dripping in this sort of like Jalo-influenced atmosphere. Uh, there is currently a gorgeous edition out from 88 Films, which uh, I have on the shelf over there. And if you have not been sold by this brief description, I urge you to check out the new poster artwork, because that is what completely sold me on buying this film again. Cool, It's a real doozy. Um, if you're into Hong Kong horror at all, or if you want to like try and get into Hong Kong horror, this is a really cool and fun place to start. So that's Human Lanterns from 1982.
1: Wonderful. I, yeah, I need to see that. I, I, I am that person there that needs to get more into mm. um so i'm gonna so in my chronological little jump through here we're now reaching the 40s whoa jack um with a movie that you have seen you've seen all of these um well we won later you haven't Ooh. i promise um so Jacques tonner um, uh yes yeah, yeah this yeah you know this is going yeah cat people I, absolutely rules yes i um, i need to
0: revisit this one as well yeah
1: Cat People is 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 such an atmospheric and really interesting film. I mean, its gender politics are um, slightly flawed, but so much better than you would think. Okay, um, for the time you in that in 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 that there is a nothing man than an actual quite complex woman. I think ultimately there is like some some degree of punishment for sexuality. It's been a while since I've seen it, but I think mm-hmm. it does a little bit come down on like um though it shows women like in ownership of sexuality it definitely like frames that in a negative light but that's just the horror genre to an extent because it's got to be negativity because it's a horror film um it's arguably pseudo horror but like the atmosphere is all there um but she's such a fascinating character at the center of it and it has some of the most like instantly iconic scenes you'll see there's like the oft-talked about scene in a swimming pool towards the end which has been like emulated yes, in things like It Follows yes, and Let the Right yeah, One yeah. In of it's just like the, the 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 shadows from water are really fascinating. Mm. So when you have like water in a small room with a straight lighting in the swimming pool, you can it's just a horrific energy. It's it's again because of its the forties, they can't really show much. Um for a variety of reasons. And it's amazing how much this one gets through just, like, implication. There's a great scene where, like, you're scared because of, like, footstep sounds. A lot of it is getting scared because of, like, the shadows of something. Mm. It is a work that uses the limitations to become this paranoid, upsetting, unsettling thing. And it's just a great show from early on of, again, the power of horror as an uncanny, as a subjective, and as an imagery-rich and symbolic experience um, and we talk about elevated horror nowadays, mm. but like, people, like what we call elevated horror is cat people in the forties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so can we stop, please? <laughs> because there's, that, that's just that's just a horror. Yes, um, just it's horror. just a type that's of just horror a film. A different type. Um, it's a different they're, they're, they're different we're elevating it now, being like, no, like it's just, cat people has as, as as much to say and is using the genre space for gender commentary yeah. and social commentary in the way that we like to say the eight twenty. So yeah, cat people is my favourite eight twenty movie, basically. <laughs> um,
0: Brilliant. Very good. Yeah, I definitely need to do A-42. 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 a, a-, 42. a-, a-, 42. a-, 42. a- um, I'm going to jump completely other end of the world again, and we're going... Well, completely other end of time, and we're going from 1942 to 2018 with a film called mm. The Great Satan. This, for me, is a seasonal must. Not even necessarily horror, but just sort of like autumnal and Halloween-y. If you're a fan of media oddities and cinema through collage this is for you everything is terrible or an american based collector <laughs> that compile the weirdest footage from the darkest corners of media history if you listen to our top 10 of the year so far i mentioned kids club which is by the same people um, oh this, okay yeah, it so makes this compiles now. weird horror footage to form new bizarre narratives that both celebrate and critique past cultures on the screen so the great satan takes footage from like thousands of different halloween themed sources these could be like old mcdonald's commercials weird tv shows you've never heard of strange b c d movies children's shows news broadcasts and then like really really cleverly edits them and recontextualizes them into make this new narrative that tells the story of lucifer the dark lord himself and also sort of like the satanic panic that happened in america at the same time um it's 70 minutes long it flies by because you are bombarded with visual imagery and just strange things and it's dripping in this Spooky Halloween y atmosphere. Uh, it's currently streaming for free on Tubi as well as other places online. And this is a perfect film for this time of year. It's one I'll definitely be re watching
1: myself before Halloween. Yeah, I need, I need uh, again, I'll put that on the Need, to, do need to see It's just, um, that's, if we're
0: talking about films to throw on at a party and just have on in the background, this is the perfect one. Yeah. Because it's just like putting a YouTube compilation video on. It just moves, moves, moves. There's like, S- Fail scenes will yeah, literally like failblog.org. This is like <laughs> ten seconds of one thing, four seconds of another, and it just moves and moves and moves. And it's also you get so trapped in the rhythm of the edit, very similar to Bill Morrison's uh, Spark of Being, this is like the other side of cinema collage.
1: So The Great Satan, 2018. Um, it's so it'll be remiss of me to to not include some Japanese horror mm. on the list. Um now but as is my mo for this first part of the list is the old movies are actually good um it's my (laughs) mo here of um and i think i've I've tried to pick five old films that are relatively unseen Mm -hmm. and that will even if you think you don't like old films you realize that films when they're good, they're just good. So in the same way that cat people has the elevated sensibility, in the same way that Bride of Frankenstein still has just that sense of like awe and wonderful creativity that I think will still hold up to anyone today. And that Hackson has that like ethereal nature that if you like the kind of like um things like even like Trollhunter to an extent and like things like Blair Witch mm. of that horror reality is going to um people like to think of like J horror as uh-huh. like the the big kind of like Japanese influence on the horror scene. Um but I go back way further than that and this is a film from 1968. Now there were two 68. obvious films yeah. um that that stood out. So one would be Kwaidan, yeah, um, an yeah. ame- Kobayashi Triptych which I did almost put there um but though it's still not very very seen I think it is more seen than this. So quite is is a bonus recommendation yeah. if you've got three hours Again, just like an absolutely stunning movie, but I'm going to go more into it because it's not the thing. And then I thought maybe Oni Barber, mm. um, which um, famously uh, Scorsese said it was like, one of the scariest films i ever seen in his life. *Only Barber is an amazing movie. Uh-huh. Um, but, 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 I went for a different movie yeah. by um, Kaneto Shindo that maybe is like I, I might take slightly over on okay. i think it's an absolutely fabulous film um Kuroneku, yes, which i know I've, you have I've seen i thought this was going um, to be
0: but i just didn't, i couldn't place the year it was late 60s really i i had that pinned yeah, as that yeah 1968
1: wow cool yeah 1968 kuroneko which is this kind of like it's why so much japanese horror is interesting especially to audiences not from that part of the world mm-hmm. of Again, horror is a great genre because it plays with iconography and it plays with folklore. Yes. And when the range of folklore it's pulling from is is alien to you, mm-hmm. it, it adds on to that. I've, I've really enjoyed watching things recently that pull on wider cultural iconography I'm not used to. Um, there are films that have played with kind of like wider east asian or the like south asian like subcontinent ideas and icons that i'm just not used to seeing in film sure um, i'm more used to seeing stuff from ja- japan in film obviously um but this story of like evil possessing possession cat cats weirdness ghostly tales, is, is yeah. just like ghostly tales mm. and like just it's strange it's weird it's dynamic it's got a bit of nastiness to it mm. it's, it's got a real spookiness to it it's an absolutely awesome film that i mean a film like house sue is, is an obvious pick because yes. it's weird catness <laughs> but this gives you that the actual the actual horror you want from that um it is like a cautionary tale kind of like strange thing it's got some really good effect stuff in it and it feels substantially different um and it still feels very undervalued because even only barbar is underseen and this is like mm. the the lesser seen version of only barbar um so yeah Kuroneku from Kinetu Shindu is just a absolutely awesome very cool movie pick. that very everybody cool. should see cats cats
0: from swords, 2019 cats, <laughs> with cats with swords cats with swords yes. uh, my next one is tom hooper's uh Cats from 2019. <laughs> no, my next one, <laughs> my next one is, the
1: King speech. is
0: Madhouse from 1974. I'm not sure if Stephen's seen this one, but I'll describe it. No. Those versed in uh, classic horror uh, in one of its heydays will no doubt know of Vincent Price and obviously Peter Cushing. Peter Cushing, obviously Grand Moff Tarkin in Star Wars, but he was a big hammer horror boy. You mean Horror Express's own Peter Cushing? Absolutely. Horror Express almost made my list. and I
1: Almost I made mine too. Okay, almost cool. Made so there's that's,
0: that's, that's your 11th one. You go watch Horror Express. Um, oh, Vincent so Price came up with his strange Edgar Allan Poe, Roger Corman films, and Cushing obviously a ho- mm. Hammer Horror staple. Madhouse 1974 joins the two together in this semi-meta slasher. Um, as a horror movie star returns to his famous horror role for one final film. This is played by um, Vincent Price. But the character he's playing seems to be murdering the people around him in this sort of strange, sort of cryptic way, um, and the people in the film are dying and people around him are dying and he, he can't work out if he's going mad and it's him doing it or if it's the character doing it. And it's it has, like, this strange commentary on aging horror actors. And, like, this is in, like, late 74, so, like, Vincent Price and Peter That's Cushion we're getting, awesome. were getting on there, getting up there. And um, Madhouse is just bliss. It's 90 minutes long and it's just, like, the kills you want, it's the, the atmosphere you want, it's the slasher staple of these two uh and it, it's like a, a loving ode to their heydays as well so that's madhouse from
1: 1974 oh, that sounds awesome uh, yeah I, that's I've, one of my fun things for patrons i had i have a vincent price on mine i was split between two vincent prices yes, i almost um, i think we might um, have
0: well we'll get to that on the patreon recording but yeah
1: i got you yeah we, 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 we might have to say I, ta- I was taught i was torn between two okay um, hey, so if he's, you've a, got he's a good one, he's a good man then... to
0: go through the filmography i, I, I almost had three i yeah. had three we've both picked uh, basil the great um, mouse detective where he plays Rattigan. yeah yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so finally of my five yeah. of the of the snooty picks is a 1973 um i'm gonna say vampire movie but you'll find out why I say vampire movie kind of like yeah. in quotes. Oh, um, I was I was spinning the soundtrack to this just yesterday because I bought oh. the soundtrack, which there was a special release on record day, in or record Russia's record store day, yeah, day, I'm trying to, record trying store to day. And I tried is. I tried to find the soundtrack on Spotify. It's not on Spotify, cool. so I just exclusive.
0: I, now you're very snooty.
1: So yeah, I know um, it's a really good soundtrack. Um, this film has influenced um, a. Semi-popular artist. I'll say popular. Um, it is 1973's Ganja and Hess.
0: Oh! I need to see this.
1: Yeah, Ganja and Hess is a film I had to watch twice in quite quick succession because it is woozy and strange. Okay. It is so woozy and strange. And like the first one was like, I am not quite on the wavelength right. of this. I like what it's doing, but I don't know what it's doing. Oh, got you. The second time I was like, nah, I get this. And it's really, really fascinating. It is such an ethereal, um, associative, just like tone piece, but it is actually really emotional and really effective. Mm. And again, is goes back to what my theme is here of like films speaking strongly through images, and this is a film that speaks through its images the whole way through. There's really quite heartbreaking, quite horrible imagery in here that um, it takes the idea of like this kind of like black background. Mm-hmm. Definitely, it is yeah. like born out of black exploitation and it does something so much more heart-wrenching profound and interesting with it that does speak to um uh, from my perspective obviously but like speaks to elements of the black experience it speaks to addiction hugely it uses um uses this whole like kind of like dracula idea for this like corruption of oneself through like fascination addiction bodies being used people being used it's in touch with like folkloric ideas that go past as like histories of grandeur it's a hard film to talk about but it's absolutely wonderful and it is really like nothing else that you will see uh, to the extent there is a remake of it and it absolutely sucks who did the remake Um, didn't uh, spike lee Lee, yeah to sweet blood jesus which is just absolutely horrendous movie okay um whereas gander and hess again it took me a couple of runs at it but it's fabulous very it interesting is, very interesting it does not work to keep your attention it really does not and it's oh. not really interested in that but you if you make the effort to engage with it because it isn't though it is a I dare i say vibes movie <laughs> it is vibes that you will have to intellectually engage with to get the most out of it Um, so it feels like screensavery but the more you give it and the more you engage with it the more you will get out of it Um, so it's a really good unsettling halloweeny watch and it's just one of the coolest movies um, from a lineage of film that should have been and could have been so much more Mm. so yeah bill Gunn's gander and hess is it's really brilliant definitely definitely checking that out in the coming weeks
0: i say coming weeks we have like less than two weeks left of October but I will get to mm, it 10 days 11, 11 uh, days. that's 9 As e- excellent recommendations if we do say so ourselves and for our 10th one what if Michael Myers had a second film so let's say Halloween 2 but what happens after Halloween 2? Yeah. What if there was a third Halloween film that didn't star Michael Myers? Corey in the House. Corey in the House. Halloween ends. No, I'm kidding. It's <laughs> Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. A movie... Almost on my list. ...that I really, really disliked the first time I saw it and have slowly grown to love it. There are still elements of it that I dislike massively, but as a project overall, you get to see... The other side of Halloween, and what could have been a very mm. interesting slasher uh, series turned anthology series. So, Halloween: Season of the Witch is a not Halloween. How to how to describe it? It's a Halloween movie in that it has nothing to do with the Halloween franchise, but perfectly no. encapsulates the tone and the atmosphere of like Halloween in America. It is dripping yeah, with stories to tell them the exactly. It's very much like it, ghost tales, like campfire stories, yeah. um, merged with like the strange dynamic between like this bumbling drunk detective police officer. And oh, his... he, hes the worst part. He of of it. The, like, like, he's the the dynamic between openly the two, abusive leads, and horrendous. Yeah. But um, the the central I mystery. I love the movie. He sucks. The central mystery and the the folklore and the mythology that is so departed from Michael Myers and The Babysitter is such an interesting uh, foot out of line. And audiences hated it, and they wanted more Michael Myers. But Season of the Witch, I think we've watched once uh, together online, and it's just like, this is what I wanted Halloween to be, in terms of just stories, just Halloween-y stories.
1: To to go back to the presupposes joke, I mean, as we as we know, yeah. Stonehenge is not in Ireland. This film presupposes. <laughs> what if it was? What if
0: what if a man could be called Connell Connell Cochrane or whatever his name is? It's so good. What if uh, it'll have jingles that'll yeah. get stuck in your head, it has heads oh, wow. that'll get stuck out of your head because they explode with snakes. Oh, it's just yeah. it's great. I, I might try and rewatch that this year if I have time in all my viewings of Ganja and Hess and other things that people have been recommending It me. is a
1: thing that I constantly recommend to people. It's a film that not a people have seen. I'm like, oh, you should have watched Halloween 3. Mm. And people go that. And Halloween Ends has a lot in of... In terms of... Um, pays a lot of debt yeah. to to... Halloween 3 Season the Witch, there is a lot of shared lineage there, mm-hmm. and I think it's very telling that a lot of the people that don't like Halloween 3 Season the Witch don't like, don't like Halloween, ends. Halloween 3 Halloween Ends. Um, <laughs> it's there the good, are some there's some direct A disregard links, for and
0: lore and there's a disregard for what a horror sequel should be and can be, and there's just, has more mm. fun with it, has more energy to it. And it's just like, oh, can't we just take risks in sequels these days?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it, it's wild to me um, that people are so dismissive about Halloween Ends. Mm. I know people, people that don't like it, and that's fine. But the people that are really dismissive, like not not don't, don't like it, but just think it's just like, eh. Like it's, it's a it is a, a daring and interesting film yeah. for like the kind of like budget of Francis's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. An absolutely wild thing. Absolutely. Um, so even if you don't like it, you have to like be a bit like in admiration of. They've really, they really did something there. Mm-hmm. And again, Halloween season of The Witch is, Halloween I mean, 3 season The Witch was the first one to do that. It was supposed to be the sequel, wasn't it? Because um, it was supposed to be anthology from the beginning. Yes. And yeah, then yeah, Halloween yeah. 1 was so popular they, they did had a rushed sequel, out Halloween a 2. Yep. And now that this. Yeah, is, I'm. Yeah all you need to do is go to r slash letterbox discord and go to the halloween ends spoiler thread and people being like why isn't michael myers in this movie and it's, it, it it's it's happening again it's happening that again. michael myers you like is going <laughs> out of style, style. <laughs> um yeah
0: so that is 10 recommendations from Stephen and jack if you want 10 more you can now jump over mm. to the patreon feed that's on www.patreon.com forward slash the stacks on film where we'll be giving 10 more recommendations um, but if not we'll see you next time on the stacks stay locked stay stacked you can find all our links in the description and again www.patreon.com forward slash the stacks on film to unlock some more horror goods see you later bye